This is a Clark University podcast. All of us live in this world where we are saturated with images all the time. These chains of association build up year over year over year, and the thousands of images that cross your eyeballs in any given month, we just don't think about how we put together value and meaning in them. That's Christina Wilson, a Clark University professor of art history who studies design. Her latest book, Mid-Century Modernism in the American Body, Race, Gender, and the Politics of Power and Design, focuses on those topics. I'm Melissa Hansen, a producer in Clark's communications office, and this is Challenge Change, conversations to challenge your mind with people who are changing our world. I am a design historian, so I have always been interested in what the objects that we select and use in our domestic spaces say about us. Most people look in their living room and just see a chair. Wilson sees a room full of objects, each with a distinct history. Design is deeply wrapped up in systems of power, and that's something that I think about all the time. The book is about mid-century modern design and how those designs appeared in the consumer marketplace of late 1940s and 1950s and how those designs were used to pitch identities for consumers. A lot of the sort of structure of how they're thinking about designs, for example, in the living room, is they are often thinking about one chair, and that chair is going to have unusual curves. It's going to be very sculptural. Um, As George Nelson, the design director, said, um, that chair should be like a girl in a bikini suit. It's not like you would look at it and say that chair is a female chair. It's more that it operates in the landscape of the living room in an attention-getting way that is very much operating on sort of the principle of the male gaze, that it's an object to be looked at, to be admired the way the male gaze is supposed to admire the female body. Wilson's critique extends to the language we use to talk about design, especially modernism. There are multiple histories of what modernism meant to consumers. And that in the design history world, people always talk about, oh, the clean lines of modernism and and sort of this sense of the cleanliness of modernism. And I started thinking like cleanliness is actually a very loaded word. And there's a particular history of modernism that privileges that, that we, the design history establishment, which is largely white scholars up to now, and that is changing, um, but that we have privileged the story, the white history of modernism, and that there are actually other histories of modernism that are much more, that privilege other aspects of modern design. Learning about how culture informed modern design made us curious about how gender and race influence the design process today. We asked Professor Teresa Ulm from Clark's Becker School of Design and Technology about diversity in the world of video game design. We are seeing more diversity, but I think it's kind of interesting because, as I mentioned, we're really tied to technological advances, right? And one of the things that we see is that it's, it's, you know, it's no longer an excuse to say, well, I had to put all this effort in to develop this character. You know, what can I do? It's, it's become a situation where you can customize your character. So that allows for a lot of opportunity for it to be in the hands of the players versus just the hands of the developers. In game design, the community is an integral part of the process. From funding to feedback, creators are regularly engaged with their audiences. 
I think there's more of a personal connection now. You wanna make sure that you're right all along the way. So you're always checking in to see whether it's going in the right direction. So now a typical part of that is checking in with the community, right? Like you're not just even, you're not just, just checking with the developers and saying, okay, play test it, you know, make sure we don't have any bugs. It's not just when you're playing the game, it's literally as the game evolves, right? So I think that that's also something that we didn't see as much of before. It would have been, you know, sort of impossible or really challenging. And now we're seeing how that's affected and changed the kinds of games that come about. There may be a lesson in the world of game design, which seems to have endless possibilities for new creativity. While some people remain attracted to the simplistic appeal of mid-century modern furniture, Professor Wilson approaches that nostalgia with some caution. We have this fetishized fascination with the post-war period as, you know, mourning in America and the sort of the great, you know, 1950s. And it was that glossy history that I was really wanting to undermine or to at least interrogate in this book because the 1950s was not great for a lot of Americans. It wasn't great for women of any color. It was not great for black Americans. To sort of think that modernism or mid-century modernism represents this clean style, it, it is problematic. To learn more about art history at Clark, visit clarku.edu slash clarkarts. And to learn more about game design at Clark's Becker School of Design and Technology, visit clarku.edu slash bsdt. You can find other episodes of Challenge Change wherever you listen to podcasts. One, two, three. Clark! <laughs>